0: The dead Dave. What Captain Hollister? Everybody's dead Dave. What Todd Hunter? What Selby? Not Chen. He's dead Dave. Everybody is dead. Everybody is dead Dave.
1: Hi, welcome back to Everybody Is Dead Dave, the Red Dwarf review podcast, where we take our trek through every single episode of Red Dwarf, in order, and we are up to the end of series four. Uh, The we in question being myself, Phil Hawkins, and my co-host, Adam.
0: That's me. Hello.
1: Um, We are two people that have uh, different perspectives coming to this, because I have watched Red Dwarf many times before, done many watch-throughs over the years, since the 90s, whereas Adam is watching it for the very first time.
0: Indeed I and and enjoying it for the most part which is always good. Could you imagine if we got this far and I was like I absolutely hate this show. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah,
1: and by this point not, you're committed to the to the end now. So Oh, um... <laughs> I
0: absolutely am, but don't worry uh, folks. I am very much enjoying this this funny little sci-fi comedy show, so.
1: Yeah, we're up to the episode Meltdown. As I said, that's the mm. uh, series finale um of series four which is halfway mm-hmm. through the original run of the show the original run which is kind of like series one to eight before they then took 10 years off but before making another episode so yeah. uh yeah it feels like a momentous occasion to reach this point yeah sort of
0: halfway there
1: sort of not yeah depends
0: how you look at it but ha- halfway yeah. of
1: the original era once we get to the end of That's series eight that'll feel like another sort of momentous point i think yes Definitely. Um, right, so this episode I'll read you a bit of the synopsis. The Red Dwarf crew travel to a planet where they find various historical figures, uh some of which seem to be good guys, some of which seem to be bad guys, and there's a bit of a conflict between the two of them, and Crichton and Rimmer lead a resistance against the bad guys. Uh it's it's an interesting interesting premise i think it is uh what, what were you before we get into the sort of specifics and and the individual scenes and stuff what what was your general thoughts of this episode
0: overall it's it's probably i thought like it's one of the wackiest episodes uh red dwarf's done so far which is saying something even for Red dwarf because red dwarf on its own is pretty wacky um but i like the fact that this one and we will get into it but it it sort of goes all out unashamedly and I think, for the most part, it pays off. Yeah. So I think yeah, that's.
1: I yeah. think so too. I think so too. Now, just before we get into this episode, we do need to raise um, something that might um, might be uncomfortable for some people. Um, the one of the actors in this episode, an actor who plays the Elvis character in this episode, has recently been found guilty of rape. Um, historical rape from about twenty years ago, um, so I wanted to raise that now. It's not uh, uh, obviously a pleasant thing, and I'm sorry if that you know uh, if that if that that has come a bit out of nowhere in this, and I, I do apologise for that. But I wanted to get it out of the way. Now we won't therefore be focusing too much on the character of, the, of Elvis, even though he is in it quite a lot. He will get mentioned here and there, but um, I just thought it was uh, important to flag that because it yeah. is very recent. I mean, as we're recording, I think um, his sentencing happened a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah,
0: uh, it's very, very new information. But um, as Phil said, we just wanted to put that across in case that is... Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it's generally uncomfortable stuff. So what we probably will do, as we always do, we go through the episode in story order. Um, when we probably get to the bit where Elvis comes in, we'll. I mean, may, we'll just mention... Or, you know, make note, this is where he comes in for anyone who might not want to hear about it. But as Phil said, we're not going to focus too much on that character. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: But getting into the episode itself then, uh, we start, as we always do, on Red Dwarf. um, Mm -hmm. And uh, this uh, this first scene is basically Rimmer boring the cat and Lister. And it seems like nothing has changed since last episode because last episode Uh, was very much about, like, how people really don't like, like Rimmer.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was sort of this continuing factor of like Rimmer not being very likable. And I must say with the, with the nicest will in the world, it did poor me a little bit as well, because I have not played Risk. So oh, I love Risk. all these, well, see, I know what, I know what the concept is. I know it, you know, it's a, it's like a war strategy game and all that sort of stuff, but you know, all this, oh, a three and a two and a six and a six, that was... You phew, didn't know what whatever. was going on there, yeah. So as this scene was going, I was very much in Lister's shoes, I'm afraid, <laughs> being like... The, um, but that, you know, that's no one's fault. That's just because I don't know the game of Risk. Um. But yeah, I mean, even, okay, then as a Risk fan, oh, did God. you think uh, one of my recurring gripes on the show, <laughs> Um. but Rick all, of, did you think the scene or, you know, that, that whole thing went on for too long or were you happy with uh, it?
1: Mostly I think I was happy with it i i don't recall thinking it went on too long um but it wasn't like and there were some funny moments in it i the ending sort of one where he's building up the fact that oh something really exciting is going to happen and Mm. uh and list is like no it won't it's just going to be more boring story he's like you don't know what i did with the dice though do you for all you know i could have jammed them up his
0: nostrils head butted him on the nose and they could have blasted out of his ears (laughs) that'll be quite interesting okay remember what did you dice i threw a five and a two
1: (laughs) yeah but then he pulls this face (laughs) and the face made me laugh the line itself didn't make me laugh but just and it's it's chris barry's performance again is he's got this great physical performance and just the face he pulled when he said that kind
0: of was kind of like Uh, a smug like yeah (laughs) yeah i rolled a five and a two yeah what of it (laughs) No, I, I think, again, I'll give this one a little pass in my Adam thinks comedy's too long, uh, purely for the fact that I'm sure if I was an avid Risk fan, I'd probably enjoy it a lot more. But because I, I haven't played it, again, a lot of it went over my head. So I'm like, OK, maybe
1: but, yeah. I don't. That's interesting, because I didn't think watching it that you would need to know the rules of Risk. Like, I don't think you like needed to know that what those numbers on the dice meant in terms of the game. To actually find the bit funny because it's just about him being boring. They're just numbers on a dice, numbers on a, yeah, reciting numbers so, on a yeah. dice are boring. He, that's all he's doing. So I thought there was enough, but but it's interesting that for you that was because c- you were didn't know the game of risk that actually was a detriment. I didn't think it would be, but
0: yeah, you know. Oh it's just my take. I'm yeah, sure there no, might be people out there who've not played it, but yeah, I don't know. For me, I just thought. I, I think I felt myself, I was like, oh, I, I feel I would have enjoyed it more. But alas, that's that. But Yeah. Uh,
1: Crichton then comes in, uh, for much to the relief of the other two that are getting bored by this story. And uh, he's, he's found a matter transporter just lying around in the ship, in the R&D yeah. department, that can teleport people do. around the room. Yeah. Or even yeah. around the room, or even apparently billions, like, <laughs> like, to planets really, really far away, to the point where it would take them billion. I think at one point they say billions of years to travel there in the ship. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I was slightly wondering there, why aren't you teleporting yeah. to Earth? <laughs>
0: Yeah, they don't, they don't they don't even mention no. it. I don't think so. It's maybe Earth is wonderful... like
1: just out of range because I think he says like just... he's to take the ship billions, but they he was a you know Lister was asleep for three billion years, wasn't he? So he was, uh, yeah. maybe that maybe Earth is just slightly out of range of the uh, of the yeah thing.
0: probably a bit too far. But um, yeah, I just it's a wonderful MacGuffin for the episode that uh, doesn't address the obvious. But then hey, that's that's Red Dwarf all over, really, is yeah. Every time we've said, oh, this is, like, an obvious thing. They just don't do it. They just do what they want. So, yeah, absolutely.
1: And Rimmer and Crichton... So they decide to go to a planet. Rimmer and Crichton yeah. go first because they can check the atmosphere. They won't die if there's no atmosphere yes. there. So they that's go first, right, and yeah. they send, they're send. they going to send the thing back. So they send the machine... They, the atmosphere's fine. They send the machine back for the other two. But before the other two can arrive... some Mm. stock footage of Japanese monsters attack.
0: (laughs) I'm so glad you said that because when I I was like, this has to be from like a, a, like a, not Godzilla, but yeah, like a Japanese monster guy in a rubber suit. Uh, Yeah. It absolutely is. Like
1: the whole color grading on it is completely different. It's, it's, it's it's so, it's so obviously stock footage from like a different era even. (laughs) That yeah, <laughs> and yeah. and it is like it looks like it could be a, a Godzilla type thing.
0: Yeah, it's, it's
1: just so out of place.
0: <laughs> I must admit, I was curious because one shot of those creatures is in this uh, series's title sequence. Oh, okay. Uh, it's the I think it's just the, it's the one thing like moving its head back and all this series. I've been like, I wonder where that comes out. I was like, that looks interesting. And then yeah, like you said, it's that one shot of the two of them. Like say the color grading's different. Something like the 1970s. But I, I'm a big fan of that. I know a lot of people find it very cheesy. And it is. Like, when you look back on that era of, like, monster movies, like, some of those Godzillas from the 70s are really daft and really stupid, but they're very fun. Um, yeah, I just liked it. It reminded me of the whole Power Rangers thing, because, of course, that's that's that was, and I think still is, Power Rangers uh, shtick. They take a lot of footage from the uh, Japanese original, the yeah. Super Sentai series. so. Just seeing that in Red Dwarf, I was like, "That's an, I like that. That's a nice touch. Yeah. Probably saved them a lot of money as well, because they probably thought, oh, God, do we have to build two <laughs> massive like bird costumes or whatever? And, yeah. Yeah. No, it was good. So they were so, so on the run. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and then the other two arrive, but they don't arrive in the same location. They arrive no. in Hitler's office. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and my note I literally typed out. I put "Oh bloody hell, it's Hitler!" because <laughs> that was the last thing I was expect. You know, the it's the panning shot down. You see the swastika flag, and I was like, "Oh, like oh right, we're here." Yeah. So uh, Hitler's second yeah.
1: appearance on the show, um, in one yes, form or another, because yeah. uh, there was, of course, the time travel episode where um Lister goes into the photograph of Hitler giving a speech and steals his uh, his. Briefcase, which has a bomb in it. He does.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, Hitler's back, alongside what was it? Uh, Goebbels is here, and I can't remember the third person they said. But apparently, the third person, what was it? Was a a, trans- a coke addict and a transvestite. transvestite yeah, so, yeah. Which uh, uh, now my my World War Two history is a bit here and there. Was that? Is that a was that I, a gag I or was that I don't
1: know. Let me if we knew the guy Cuz there was a I mean there's name. a lot of
0: interesting facts like that about various members of the of the Third Reich. I'm sure so there were. What... When I heard it I was like that's a I was like that's a good gag but then I was like ah oh, but maybe I was like possibly. If I can but, um, try and find out the a- um actors. I'm, I'm I'm sure there's some historians the out name. there going no you fool this is all a gag but you know, Herman Goring was it? Yeah, it might have been Goring then. Yeah, hold on,
1: was <laughs> I'm googling this.
0: <laughs> what a great thing to have in your search was history. Was Herman <laughs>
1: Goring, a trans, <transvestite>? a trans, <laughs> or a coke addict, apparently. Or a coke addict. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: a I could believe. I could believe that one. Um, for sure.
1: it, well, it's coming up on the search, so. Oh. Uh, yeah,
0: uh, the possibly. <laughs> possibly. It's enough to be believable. But they hop around, don't they, in Hitler's office in a desperate attempt to escape with the machine, and it uh, doesn't quite go to plan. Yeah, well,
1: they think they've escaped because they, they initially they hop around and they're on the table. um, and They're trying to get out of the office, but it's not quite working. And then suddenly they're in, like, what they think is a tunnel. Like, there's, like, stone walls right in front of them. There's a light up, up, up sort of above them. Um, and then, of course, the gag is that actually they're standing in the chimney. And their feet are visible to Hitler and his cronies, sticking yep. out of the um, fireplace, and they don't realise this initially.
0: Yeah, no, and they get arrested and thrown into into prison. Yeah,
1: and at this point, we see um, this is where this is where uh, Rimmer and Crichton. We go back to them and we find they they get captured as well, but by the good guys. Um, and this is where elvis comes in yep. he's accompanied at this point by a pope not sure which one yep. but a pope could be yeah um, could be any of them could be any of them um and they get taken to sort of the other good guys um mm-hmm. and and we'll see them a little bit later but then i like cuz <laughs> there's one scene in uh in the prison with that that lister and caterin and yeah. I love... They're watching somebody get executed out the window.
0: They are, yeah.
1: Uh, and it's
0: Winnie the Pooh. Whoa, whoa, hang on, hang on. Someone's being brought out. They're tying them to a stake. It's Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> yeah. Of all the characters, yeah, it's Winnie the Pooh. And they're like, this is the
1: f- sort of really the... Like, okay, we had... um. We had the other two characters, the others, and obviously the big monsters and stuff. So we know it's not like that they are in Nazi German yeah. times, although they don't realize this yet. And that's, I think, Winnie the Pooh is the first time they start to clock. Hold on. yeah. What? Why? We haven't just gone back in time here. Something else is up.
0: Yeah. Um and th- there's that line in the lineup when he's looking at everyone he's like oh there's so and so and so like all the villains of history <laughs> go, yeah oh and literally. there's James Last yeah yeah
1: who's James Last a, I don't know who James Last is
0: he's a he's a musician but I chuckle because he says from, if you go into any charity shop looking for vinyl records you will find an assortment of James Last um albums he's I think he's just you know like he's just one of those artists who made a lot of stuff back in the day that I'm sure maybe in its time was very popular, but uh, maybe hasn't held that... People don't seem to want to hang on to his stuff as much as they do like the David Bowies or the Beatles, so um, I don't know if there's any other reason why he's, he's amongst the uh, the worst villains of uh, of history, but I don't know, I, j- I just found it a funny gag. Part of me thought, though, I would have loved, even just for a, a few seconds, they probably couldn't do it because of the budget or whatever, but to have seen visually what Rimmer was looking at, not necessarily all of it. I don't. But uh, do you mean Lister when in the prison? Sorry, yes, yeah, Lister. Just checking. Yeah. We're on
1: the same scene. So, so yeah, yeah. what with Winnie the Pooh?
0: <laughs> Not necessarily Winnie the Pooh. Just even like the initial lineup, you May- know, like maybe, when he's first. But I, yeah. I kind of
1: like. I think it works because of the fact that it's him describing it, uh, hmm. and we're you know he's building it up. He's building it up, and you know the people coming out with guns. And then it's Winnie the Pooh. I think that's what makes it work.
0: Yeah. And the over drama from uh, Lister I liked when he's like... That's yeah. something no one should ever have to see. You know, no one should ever see Winnie the Pooh get uh, brutally gunned to death no. by a bunch of villains. That's just, that's too far. That's too far. Rimmer and Crichton are back in the good guys HQ. Yeah. And we see there's other people there. And it's like, here we find is, out
1: that they are wax droids. There are. This is yes, an amusement yeah. park.
0: Yeah. Basically. So it's like a futuristic Madam Two Swords in a way. Mm. Yeah.
1: And they've they've broken away from their programming because they're meant to do just a series of repeated things again and again. But they've they've broken away from their programming and gotten free work because nobody's been there for so long because who knows what's yeah. happened to humanity uh in the millions of years since Lister disappeared. And yeah. uh yeah, it's it, there's like you say, a whole load of good guys in um in this camp. Like, Charlie Chaplin, Pythagoras, Einstein, Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. There's more as well. Oh, was it Charlie Chaplin? I think so, yeah, wasn't See, it?
0: See, yeah, I, I did wonder, because he had, like, the bowler hat and the... Uh, but, but then it was, like, the way he was talking, oh. I was like, I don't... I... Oh, go
1: on. No, no, were you going to suggest somebody?
0: No, I, I, I don't know. I was I, I was struggling. I was like, who is it? Because, you know, he did this whole shtick when he's talking. He doesn't like have the touch, though, I just realised. He probably might be yeah. uh, so either a bit Laurel
1: like... or Hardy. I can never remember which one's which.
0: I'll have a quick gander, see if I can... Because uh, uh, actually, I, thinking or... about it,
1: yeah, yeah, I think it was Laurel and Hardy. Oh, that is so weird. I said that. Yeah. And then I opened up Twitter and the first tweet, there's a picture of Laurel and Hardy on somebody's... Um, no <laughs> somebody's, uh, way. Somebody's <laughs> thing. That is, It's like Twitter is hearing me. That's bizarre. As their avatar.
0: How strange. As they're hearing you. That was the only one I couldn't really figure out. I was like, I don't really know who you're yeah. supposed oh, to be. No, I think I got it
1: wrong initially. I don't think it is Charlie Chaplin. I think it's Laurel or Hardy. And or Hardy.
0: Laurel or Hardy. <laughs> one yeah. of the
1: two. I can't remember which one's which.
0: But there's a... There is a... Just to mention it, because I was like, ah, that's cheap. They do a nice cheaper uh, Elvis fat joke, some about hamburgers. You know, oh, okay, because obviously Elvis had a lot of, uh, uh, in like the last ten years of his life, he did have a lot of weight and diet. Pro- well, it's ultimately what led to his uh, led to his death, of course. Um, and obviously, you know, I was like, oh yeah, you know, we're doing the Elvis in the white suit. We- we've got to have the the cheap Elvis's fat joke. But yeah, I don't know. I was like, eh, I was. I kind of expected a bit if we're doing jokes like that, I was like, I don't know I guess I kind of expected a bit more than just just that, I guess, but uh, yeah, yeah,
1: I mean everybody had their stereotypical jokes, really, um, and they didn't did they, I even suppose, were related yeah. to their
0: to their character, yeah, but but they're at war with uh, Hitler and everybody else, and that's when it clicked in my head, so even though I haven't played it, I was like, ah, so it's all one big game of risk, so <laughs> which of course Rimmer joke. immediately latches onto and oh,
1: yes. uh wants to take charge because these good guys they're not fighters and you know they even have gandhi amongst them uh so they're definitely not fighters and that yeah. so that's why they're losing so badly against you know the dictators and the military people and things like that the military bad guys so Rimmer's like i'm gonna take charge and get these guys into a fighting force um yeah <laughs> and does like a little boot camp with them all makes gandhi do push-ups
0: I love that lineup boot camp thing you seen I love when they got to Santa and he's like who is this and they're like oh we accosted him from the fiction section. <laughs> like, oh yes. I was I was like of course Santa. That's like the ultimate good guy. Like of course Santa's got to got to be here and uh, Gandhi and uh, Mother Teresa of course. She's got to be here. the Dalai Lama. Um yeah. Yeah, yeah There was of,
1: um familiar. there was a line He said to one of them, and I didn't write down the line, and I didn't write down who he said it to either, but I just wrote, uh, Rimmer, slightly homophobic again.
0: To which bit was... Uh, This is in the
1: line, uh, Oh, like when he's going down the the recruits, uh, his good guy recruits. He said something to one of them, and I can't remember what it was now.
0: Was it the the CC guy? Uh, Yes. I can't remember his foot. That's really bad. But yeah, that guy was like, oh steer was it steer or queer or something something like that, like that. yeah and then, but then they said oh let's move on quickly so is it implying that this man in history was perhaps gay i don't and no, know like oh because that was again that was another character i was like i recognized the name when they said it i was like i've heard that name but i don't know like who it is and what they did um but yeah yeah that's a It's sad, isn't it? I mean, we've said this before when when there's been moments in the show where there's, you know, a bit of like, whether it's casual homophobia or, you know, certain lines or certain terms used here and there that we probably, you know, wouldn't use anymore. And I think we've said before, like, on one hand, the show is, you know, the show is very much a product of its time. The early 90s were a very different place culturally, I guess. Um, But yeah, at least it's, you know, it wasn't at least... Rimmer doesn't seem to be intrinsically homophobic in his character, he he just seems to say the other Yeah, and,
1: and also it, it, because it's Rimmer it's the and, and also often around the, the context of uh, what's going on with Rimmer at that time, like here he's going a bit m- mad with power, um, yeah. and he's gone a bit like crazy. I think at one point, I don't know if this is was meant to be taken as actual, but like Crichton suggests that like, because his light bee that produces his hologram at one point um Lister like puts it in his mouth and earlier on in the episode so uh Crichton suggests that maybe he bit on it a bit too much and it's got made, sent him a bit too lally because uh, yeah. it's, it's like the power has gone to his head a bit
0: <laughs> yeah uh, which I you could absolutely believe he's becoming the great dictator really yeah almost the pastiche of the uh if anyone's seen the Charlie Chaplin film from the 40s, the great, which, I mean, I highly recommend it. It's very good. He basically becomes that pastiche of the what dictators are perceived to be, like, really loud, really abrasive, my way or no way sort of thing. So, yeah, and it, and it fits Rimmer to a T. Um, and then eventually they all go to war, uh, the two tribes, as it were, good versus evil. Um I loved seeing little Mother Teresa sneak in behind the uh, the bad guys and just pop them all in the back. Um, and it was, was that Mother Teresa? Nerding.
1: I thought that was, was I thought mother... oh, no, that sorry, was Queen Victoria. Queen
0: Victoria. It was sorry. Mother Teresa like, was running
1: with her up. gun across the uh, battlefield, she as was Santa.
0: <laughs> as and again, what a strange yet amusing sight to see like Santa running across a battlefield with a gun. Um, And they all just... Well, it's weird, isn't it? Because those on the battlefield disappear. They get shot and literally vanish. Um, But then people like Queen Victoria... There was that really unnerving bit when they die, I guess. And you just get, like, wax dripping from the mouth. Yes. I was like, that's quite a haunting image, really, when you think about it. But, yeah, just curious that they all didn't die the same way, I suppose. Some vanish and some just drop.
1: Yeah, like, there's that, you know, very... You know, budget BBC way of dying in a big explosion, where the they've just basically cut, removed the person, and had like crossfaded the explosion in. So it's like explosion, then then there's nobody there. Yeah, no debris, no bits of bodies, nothing. It's just bang. They're not there anymore.
0: Bang. Yeah. No, but I I did really like those few though. As I say, like the Queen Victoria one, the Hitler one. I I, I was like, that's quite a haunting image to finish on. Really, it's quite a
1: yeah. It was well, very it's striking. very like it's it's that moment, you know, sending them over the over the
0: over the top, over almost, the top, yeah, yeah, yeah um, and
1: sacrificing them. And because then, then after after Queen Victoria's done her work, uh, mm-hmm. Crichton sneaks in and is under orders to turn up the thermostat. Yep. And and basically melt all of the waxworks.
0: Everyone. everyone, yeah. Literally everyone.
1: Yeah. So, all of the good guys and all of the bad guys.
0: <laughs> hmm. And then it, I guess, spirals into, you know, Rimmer comes in proclaiming victory, you know, it's this great win, but then Lister points out that no one's left, I guess, or who's left, and he says, oh, well, none of them. So, and then I guess it gets into this, and we've had this a lot this series, That I guess the sort of message of it, with Lister being the more philosophical one, I suppose, and about obviously this one being anti-war, you know, at the end of it, you're saying you're fighting for peace, but everyone's dead, you know, they they die for for I can't remember the exact word. It was very well written, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, but again, it's that thing of um cramming in that or or well, the message is there throughout, I guess. But it's like I guess explaining it to us in the last few minutes, sort of like what we had with justice. Yes. Um, if you remember how the last few minutes of that, Lister literally, the message is there in the full episode. But then Lister in the literally the last minute goes on a, oh, this is why we need justice because of X, but Y, Z. But in Justice, I don't think it worked.
1: Here, I think it worked a lot better. because yeah, it, he, it
0: did work a lot better. Yeah.
1: In Justice, it was kind of like this random like thing where he was just like walking down the corridor. The others weren't really listening to him. And he was like you know, basically talking to himself and going like, oh, yeah, this, you know, justice is blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Whereas here, he was making a point to Rimmer. He was chastising him for how he acted. And so it, it felt more relevant to the scene and, and yeah. it worked a lot better because of that.
0: Yeah. No, I, I agree it worked better. It's just interesting, isn't it, how we've seen more, I guess, messages proclaimed openly in the show rather than just be like subtle undertones. There's a lot more you know, we've, we, you, we've given you the theme, but now we're going to talk about it sort of thing, I guess. But Rimmer's still sort of blasé to it, so Lister's solution is to put him back in his uh, light beam and this time actually eat it.
1: Yes, and then suggest a, a Vindaloo curry.
0: And yes, and the, which, the uh...
1: implication, because earlier on when he's the light, when they reduce him down to the light beam uh, and turn off his hologram, you can still hear his voice coming out the light beam. So the implication is that he's aware of like he's like like that's him like he can see everything and and still
0: exactly process everything so very graphic imagery there Absolutely. not going to be <laughs> nice coming out the other side of that
1: i can't imagine given the size of that, that light bee, it's, it's going to be particularly yeah. nice for lister either to be honest no
0: not nice for any parties involved but then again if you're having a vindaloo it it can it can all happen so quick that's all i'll say but of course it ends on a vindaloo gag
1: yeah it was a good ending mm. so one thing we always do on this show is we have a couple of regular sections where we pick we our do, we do. favorite character um, yeah. do you have
0: one? Um yes. Uh my favourite character this time around. I mean, it might seem obvious, but it was Rimmer, you know. Uh once again Chris Barry demonstrates how it's funny, isn't it? Because when you when you get Rimmer to a general level, as we've said, he's kind of just like the git on the ship who's very stiff up a lip by the rules, but to see him sort of devolve into this manic dictator was very funny, and he pushes it across because you also know he's hopeless. Like he's putting on all this bravado, like "Oh, I'm gonna make you an army." But there's one little moment actually where early on he's like giving a speech to the troops, and his voice, whether intentional or not, like sort of cracks. <laughs> and I'm like, that that is exactly Rimmer trying to be the tough drill sergeant. Like he can't he can't do it. But yeah, he absolutely smashed it. I'll give a special uh, favorite character mention favorite character of the of the wax droids. Um, which actually was quite tough, but I've, I've got to give it to poor old Gandhi. Um, <laughs> I just found it really funny when he's he's running forward. He's like, yeah, the great pacifist, and then he just gets puffed off into a a, a van of smoke. But yeah, in terms of overall, though, Rimmer is my favourite character. But what about you, Phil? Fair enough.
1: We do say on and this that your favourite character can be literally for anybody's reason. It can be yep. somebody with one line. If you're just in that long mm. line, you really love them. And for me... Um, I'm going with the one that we don't entirely know who they are, because they could be Laurel, they could be Hardy. We don't think oh, they're Charlie right. Chaplin now. But just because okay. I really liked, I just really liked his reactions. Every time, like, he had one of his funny little reactions to things going on, really, really worried all the time.
0: You see, we've been left here all alone for millions of years.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I just really liked that. Um, so awesome. just for that, I'm giving giving him my favourite character, but Rimmer... Rimmer was very good in this one, and uh, as well, so uh, I absolutely. can absolutely understand that. What about funniest moment? Do you have a funniest moment from this episode?
0: Uh, yeah, it's just got to be as I call it the battle, like that that the that full fight sequence just had me in stitches. Like all the different, as I said, all the diff all these good characters you'd never expect to see wielding a, a machine gun, just running amok. Um, Queen Victoria doing a doing a stealth maneuver. Uh, it was just really great, and uh, that was what I said at the start. It was they went all out with it. You know, they didn't hold back. They were like, "Yeah, we're literally going to have these iconic, peaceful characters run about with guns." Like, I, I don't know. I just found it really funny. Yeah. Yeah. What about you?
1: Um, the Winnie the Pooh stuff was a contender. Uh, the mm-hmm. stuff just before that, when the, he's describing hang the hanging gallows uh, and Cat's reaction to it. Building something.
0: What? Oh, nothing, nothing. Just a sculpture, you know, modern art job. Like the kind you get in shopping malls. What's it made of? Wood. It's a sort of inverted L-shape in wood. Does it have a kind of rope motif? There's a sort of noosey theme to it, yeah. It's gallows, right? Look, if it's gallows, say it's gallows. I can take it. OK, It's gallows.
1: The build <laughs> uh, yeah, that was quite funny, but I'm gonna give it to when they are planning the rebellion, the, the sort of resistance. Um, okay, and yeah. there's a line in it that they're suggesting things back and forth, and then Pythagoras says, I don't know, I still feel there's a solution probably involving triangles. Tri- <laughs> triangles, yeah, <laughs> and that just tickled me because, like, yeah. I mean, frankly, as anybody that paid any attention to high school math should know mm-hmm. uh, pythagoras has a lot of connection with triangles. Yeah. Pyth- he pythagoras did like his triangles his so and stuff yeah. um uh, don't don't make me recite what, what that theorem is now because i will not remember it's something like
0: is the the is it the longest side, side of a triangle is the is the sum of the other two sides something like that isn't it something like that <laughs> You don't have to remember <laughs> like, it. Just remember. Yeah, that we, it. Paid t- we paid we paid attention, attention in...
1: to the, f- to, the yeah. to the degree that we remembered the name Pythagoras.
0: <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm sure if you put like one of those papers in front of us, I'm sure it'll all come flooding back. Uh, it's well, just, it's hard to explain. In a few years'
1: but... time, when my daughter's a bit older, I'll have to um I'll have to relearn it all to help her with her homework. Oh yeah, so.
0: how's your trigger How's your trigonometry? So <laughs> rusty. <laughs> yeah, so is mine. But. <laughs>
1: So um, what, what about what about Marks? How many scutters out of 10 Ooh. would you give this
0: episode? I've got to say, Phil, this is going to be one of my highest. I'm giving it a 9 out of Ooh, 10. Oh, a 9. I really did love this episode for the most. Again, just that whole going big, they didn't hold back, the stock footage monsters, all the different good characters going to war, uh, just how random it could be, how good some of the gags were, including the gallows humor stuff you mentioned, the Winnie the Pooh stuff it it just all worked i was like this is great whereas we said in last episode we felt the third act sort of wasn't really there we felt the the story sort of stopped uh, for the last few minutes this one does anything but there's always something going on there's always something happening and the ending is it feels just like classic red dwarf you know a vindaloo reference for lister um yeah 9 out of 10 solid 9 out of 10 for me yes what about you same 9
1: 9 out oh, of 10 there it's, we go. it's a solid one there is some great guest cast like with with the wax works and stuff um and uh just this a quirkiness i loved it the story structure works uh there wasn't any moments where it kind of felt like oh this is ending really abruptly or uh we haven't had a proper resolution to this aspect of it 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 all just yeah. kind of works our main yeah. cast
0: are great there's some great gags in it
1: yeah not not much to dislike about this episode
0: no a strong series finale yeah really strong yeah. Yeah.
1: There we go. That's that's another episode down and another series down. We are halfway through the original run um, and we're going to be going on to Series 5
0: very soon. Is Series 5, without spoilers obviously, is that perceived to be one of the... Because I know Red Dwarf fans seem to have like the great ones. Yeah. The not as great I mean,
1: ones, I think but... generally Series sort of 3 to 6 is like right. the generally viewed and do correct me listeners in the comments below on YouTube uh, or or wherever you can, or message us on our, on our Twitter account at mm. all Dave or dead Dave pod. Um, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but generally series three to six is like the golden era of the show. Like the, the, the one that's most revered and you won't find, I don't think you'll really find anybody that says those series are bad. Yeah. Whereas almost every other series, even the early ones, <laughs> like, there'll be people that go, Well, I'm not too keen on those ones.
0: Okay. Interesting. So according to the fan consensus, we've still got two like peak series left. Yeah, I think so. According to consensus, and then Yeah. And then is it all downhill from there?
1: It's <laughs> not all downhill from there, no. No, right. not at all. all right. Um cool. there's there's some good well, stuff in there. You know, there's some hits right. and some misses. Um and actually yeah. the recent stuff. I've really liked like yeah. series 12 and the promised land, which were the most recent ones. Yeah. Uh, I've really, well, we're liked. a long
0: way away from them at the minute. We so. are. <laughs> we are. Uh,
1: right. Well, where can people find you on, on the internet? If they want to That's hunt I mean. you down,
0: <laughs> Please be nice. Um, you can find me on YouTube, just at Adam Martin, Martin with a Y. I make videos on Doctor Who and a bunch of other things, like uh, classic TV stuff, like iDents in particular, or other stuff like now. That's what I call music. I make a lot of different stuff. So you can find me there uh, or on Twitter, just Adam Martin, AMTV, if you want to hear my daily ramblings or memes or whatever I post these days. Uh, yeah, that's me. What about you, though, Phil? Uh, You can find me at my YouTube channel if you're not already listening to
1: this there, which is just Philip Hawkins. And that's Philip with one L. And I talk about Doctor Who, I talk about uh, Star Trek, MCU, all sorts of various geeky pop culture stuff, Uh, though it is about 50% Doctor Who. Although recently it's been mostly this podcast because I've been very unproductive (laughs) about doing anything else. Uh, So I need to get back on it uh, and create some other content other than just this podcast uh yeah find me there you can find me on twitter which is i-u-d-e-x underscore phil again one l in phil
0: and uh as phil mentioned earlier we have a twitter account for the podcast um it's all dead dave pod uh so go and give us a follow there for updates on new episodes uh, the occasional red uh, red dwarf post as well and uh yeah just go and, and just to let us
1: know what you think of the episodes yeah, yourself your, you know if you're not watching on youtube feedback. if you're watching on one of these other podcasting platforms which don't have commenting come there to comment come in there to tell oh. us what you think of the episodes absolutely right well it's time for us to go and uh, we'll see you for this series five next time series five. thanks for watching listening do whatever you're doing <laughs> and we'll see you then goodbye see you later
0: Dead Dave What Captain Hollister Everybody's dead Dave What Todd Hunter What Selby Not Chen. He's dead Dave Everybody is dead Everybody is dead Dave Thank you.